do you agree that you know it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know any better been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation <laughs> Hello, it's Wake Up With KC, and today I want to talk about, you know, have you ever traveled around the world to other countries, other places, and, you know, find out what it's actually like over there, and even the history about it, and, you know, have it be part of your transformation and realizing and understanding, you know, compared to what we're taught. And I have a very special guest that I'm excited to have join us today that has done that and experienced some, you know, traumas, but hasn't let it stop him from pursuing his dream, his passion. And please welcome Aaron Basig. Hi there. Aaron. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to have you on my show. Oh, I'm I glad to be here. Looking forward to the chat. Well, I I was curious on, I know uh, Stephen Joyner introduced uh, us and I went and did some research and you have a very fascinating story and you've experienced some things that, and started something that now you've been doing for a while and mm -hmm. please share with us, you know, a little bit about yourself Okay. and what you've been through and what you've overcame as well. Well, I currently, uh, let's start at the, the finish line and work our way back for a minute here. I'm okay. currently the host of a podcast called Hungry Trilobite, and we focus on a lot of the things that make fandom better and the way that we use things like science fiction and, and creativity to make life better for people, people who are writing it, people reading it, people involved in those communities. And how I got here was I was born in Pennsylvania, uh, grew up there, spent most of my life, and then early on after graduation decided I wanted to move to Oklahoma. And long story short, I found myself in Oklahoma with no family, uh, dealing with a family loss at the time, and struggling with career options. And I found that there were people who had a very strong connection to a lot of the things that I cared about things like Star Trek, video games, board games. And th this was more than a fan club. These were communities of people who had formed friendships across a diverse group of interests and backgrounds over something as simple as they liked the same jokes. They, they enjoyed the same song. And I realized there's something to that. So while I was trying to figure out where I was in the world, I suddenly found out that there was this whole world out there that people were making wherever they wanted to make it. I, I realized, keep in mind, this was about 2007, 8, 9, when the internet was finally in full swing and people were getting mobile devices, that the internet was its own world, uh, completely apart from the geography of our real world, that was suddenly starting to be, if not more real, more meaningful. Wow. And, you know, speaking of sci-fi, and you know star trek 
and whatnot. Would it be safe to say, like, your when did you discover that that was something that you were passionate about? Of why was it sci-fi? Why is it all about Star Trek and you know Star Wars? You know what? What is your connection to that? I have spent a lot of time thinking about this, and it was always something I gravitated toward, even being a kid and watching cartoons, uh, whether that be Star Trek, the animated series, Voltron, Ninja Turtles, these things would be meaningful to me, just the way they were to all the kids because we had fun with it. But I always insisted there was something important about it. There was a reason to pay attention other than it was fun to do after school. And I always had that idea in my head, but I didn't know where to take it. And it took years of talking to people of, of going to events like these, of, of, of getting into these communities that I started to look at other people who had taken that next step that I had and knowing why they did it. And I started to realize because they would always talk about what they wanted out of that in their real life. When people would say they would watch Star Trek because it showed them the world they wanted to have. It showed them a vision for the future. Or they would talk about Star Wars and they would look at the way that it gave them hope in a situation where their universe seemed hopeless, or they would look at something like Dr. Who and they would just say, Oh, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this deep friendship and I could use one of those. And even if I might not have a friend right now, I, I have faith that it's out there. You, you see what you want to see. And it almost lets you fill the gaps between what you have and what you think you want to have. Well, then, Aaron, could it be safe to say that what if there is actually a connection to other highly evolved beings and they actually have been around since uh, the beginning of our creation? And with Star Trek and Star Wars, they were giving even the movie E.T., you know, what if the person that created that imagined that those storylines made it into a manuscript and made it into a movie or books? Because I believe Star Wars was nine series of books before it, it became a, a thing in the movie industry. But what if there is some truth that there's other life out there and we're connected to that? And that's why some of us are so drawn to it because it's like a deja vu, a, a connection. I would love it if that were the case. I don't know enough to say if it is or isn't, but there's a part of me that says that there has to be a reason these are the stories we tell. If you go back a thousand years and look at the very first stories ever written down, they were stories of fantastic sights. They were stories of monsters, of other beings, of miracles. They, they were always something you couldn't go out and see in the real world. And there has to be a reason for that. And I, I don't know if that actually meant that this really happened, but part of me says that it's the answer that makes the most sense in some way. We probably, the details have been obscured and, and we probably might even have the meaning wrong. But I feel like there's got to be something that maybe we're missing that draws us to do this. 
And well, I could share with you some insight is, you know, you know about ancient civilization. And there is a, a group called the Anunnaki Pantheon. And the Sumerian writings from the Northeast that are in cuneiform on tablets that talk. And then if you look at the pyramids that are all around the world and the drawings and the symbols that they, you know, left behind that are still there for us to see, I think and believe that there is a connection that we're, we're not alone. We've been deceived you know, about UFO sightings and what now it's coming out with the disclosure of like, yeah, we're not alone. You know, so there is, to me, there's like truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is in us waiting to be revealed and expressed through us to help us along our path and journey and being imaginative and, you know, the, with science and spirituality, I, th I feel like they go together because we're, mm -hmm. we're spiritual beings, sexual beings inside of a human being. That's one. Oh, sorry, go ahead. There's so many connections. We're connected to everything, including other galaxies, other dimensions, other planets and highly evolved beings. So I loved Star Trek. You know, because it gave us, it gave me a creative thought process of, wow, that'd be cool if I could just, hey, Scotty, beam me up. I want to go to this planet. You know, as a kid, I used my imagination. Like, what if that was possible? What if that is actually, there's truth to that. And then you connect it to the, the Atlantinians, you know, those that are come from the Atlantis. They transported, even in the Egyptian times, there was transportation going on in machines that have been drawn to describe what they were seeing. So it's like, hmm, history is repeating itself in a way. It's just a different time period, different, you know, mm -hmm. era. And Absolutely. I've seen UFOs, so I, I've seen them twice in my lifetime so far. Mm -hmm. So when you see that, you just nah, like whatever you're saying, I know, I know the difference. You know, and a lot of times in order to really understand and know, you have to experience it. Mm -hmm. I've had some chats with people on the topic of paranormal activities and unexplained phenomenon on my show. And I, I welcome chats from people who have a lot of different perspectives on this because there's a danger in only talking to the people who see things exactly the way you do. But what I always love to come back to and what I think is the most important thing is when you experience something that you can't explain, people want to ignore it or they want to, you know, trivialize it, but you know, you had the experience. And that's, that's the thing is that knowing that it happened to you, you can't say that person was a liar. They were a mistake because you know what happened to you. And you don't even have to say it was a paranormal or supernatural experience. You just have to say the world is not what I was five minutes ago. There's a piece of information I need that I don't have. And that's where the journey starts. 
that's where you start to imagine the possibilities and they can be mundane or fantastic but to get out of the idea that you know everything you need to know is probably the first step everybody needs to take in any journey they want to take well i that i like how you put that in perspective and i've always taught you know and i teach on my show is you know we're all coming into this earth with limited beliefs mental programmings and emotional energetic traumas and in order for us to awaken and change that we have to go back to where the root the or the origination of when that started and it's you know how can you be your true authentic self when you're believing somebody else's belief and programming that they just passed on to you you know and what did you i guess when did you have that self-realization or the aha moment and what was the questions that you started asking to where certain people showed up to help you along your path you know it was a matter of looking at myself and looking at what meant a lot to me in terms of you know what i wanted to do with myself um you know years ago being in a retail job you didn't much care for but it was the thing you could get out of, of school and you start to realize you know you put all your effort into getting this you know shelf stacking job and man that feels like there's got to be more to it and you start to ask yourself well if there's more to it for me, there's more to it for everybody else. There's, we, we have these ideas that we can do more. And then I started to ask myself what, and you know, then it came back to, I, I enjoy these stories. I enjoy seeing how they affect people. I wanted to start having conversations with people about that. And, you know, I'd gone to conventions in, high school and one or two in college, but actually being on my own with my own first apartment and a car of my own. And I realized all it takes is a, a couple of days of planning and a tank of gas. And I can find this. It's basically a party for a couple of days of people who are getting together and sharing ideas and blowing off some steam over the weekend. And I, that's when it clicked. And there were many friends I met and, and <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> wow this is interesting and i wonder what his dog looks like he must be adorable i'm gonna ask him what his dog's name is hmm i wonder if it's butch duke bailey marley hmm wonder Ooh. Now I'm really curious. I gotta find out what's the dog's name, or what kind of dog is it? Yeah, let's ask. I think that would be cool. I want to find out where he came up with that name on that podcast. Curious. Trilobite. Hmm. Hungry trilobite. Who would have thought?
Okay, so what kind of dog do you have? She's a beagle, a beagle mix, a beagle. actually. Yes. <laughs> What's your name? Paulina. Paulina. Okay, I would yes. have never guessed that. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking to the audience. I'm like, Okay, so he has a dog. I wonder what kind of dog he has. And what's his name? Is it Butch? Is it Bailey? No, it, it's a loving senior dog that uh, gets a little excited. Unfortunately, somebody had to come to the door right then. Oh, so I beg your pardon on that. No, 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 that's okay. I just go with the flow and I just like, oh, I wonder what kind of dog he has. What's his name? <laughs> So you were saying that you started going to these conventions mm -hmm. for fans, media, and the sci-fi expos. I guess that's what they call yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to people I met, that's when I started to realize that these weren't people that were, you know, just going to, you know, buy a couple trinkets and leave. They were getting together because this was a community, because this was something that they were building. And I started thinking, wow, there's got to be more to this. There's, and... People will ask me, why do you go? And I said, do you, do you realize almost every time I'm eating dinner with people I didn't know at lunch? And there's nowhere else where you have that instant connection with people. I agree with you. And it's it's nice that there's like places like that. And you get with, it's like this connection, like synchronicities. And it's like a community. Of where mm -hmm. like-minded people get together and you guys have like mastermind groups, you know, and it's, you know, it, you could say, okay, this is like, you know, is it a distraction or is it something that there's more peace? Everyone's getting along. They're sharing ideas, you know, and they're, having fun and they're being in that present moment having an experience and let me ask you that happened to me a little over 10 years ago in the past 10 years i it's been striking to me that we've had so many cases where our society is being torn apart we're being people are separated we're, we're being divided all the while, I'm having experiences where we're coming together, and I'm like, "This, there's a dichotomy here. There, there's got to be a reason I'm seeing this when the world is seeing something completely else. And I, I start to think, this is more than just a good time. This is like what we need to, to have to bring the rest of our culture together. And, uh, you know, during the pandemic, you know, and there's like, you know, people saying, oh, they're trying to, you know, keep us close, separated. And I'm like, look, to be honest and real, uh, there has been religion and politics, government, always in history. If you really want to do some research and find some truth, that's been going along for centuries. It's just repeating history different time different period different era it's been playing it's like a full circle full vicious cycle until we wake up and say hey we want to get off this cycle mm -hmm. what can we do differently and granted during the pandemic when all that was going i feel like it was a time and opportunity for us to take a pause because we've been so programmed like robots 
busy, 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 on the go, go, go. Never taking a time to pause, reevaluate, reinvent ourselves, discover who we are, what we truly want to do. And when you Zoom went off the Richter scale because that's what everybody said. You weren't disconnecting. You're still not separated. We're just doing it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're how looking. Did you re, how did you reinvent yourself during this? Well, it's I started to question exactly what my goal was when I that created the podcast, not during the pandemic, but just before. And my goal had been to, you know, get together with people. These first couple episodes, I really tried my best to sit face to face with somebody at a table, really have a good time um, in person. And then when the pandemic hit in person was like the dirty words you didn't say, you didn't do anything in person. And it was not enjoyable to me to do everything by Skype at first because it just wasn't what I wanted to do. But then I had to sit back and realize kind of like earlier you said, Things happen for a reason. You're being pushed in this direction. Don't let what you think you want get in the way of possibly something better. So I started sitting back and looking at the possibilities I had, you know, who I could reach out to and when and why. And suddenly I started realizing that the, the show could be what it could be a really a, an ex experiment in how I can get in touch with people possibly across the planet. I've talked to people in India and Australia now. Uh, and why? Because I wasn't limiting myself to saying it has to be face-to-face. -face. I was starting to take my own advice, which is the crazy thing. Because when you get in touch with your higher self, Aaron, mm -hmm. the answers of the truth reveal itself. It's just you. There's this quote that I found on Instagram or Facebook. I can't remember. Uh, don't be alarmed. Do not be alarmed. If you see me talking to myself, I'm getting the best advice. But people would talk to me about creating a podcast and they always say, what do I need to do? And I would usually say something to the effect of do whatever you want, as long as it works. If it works for you, it just plain works. But who wasn't listening to me? Me. I was saying, this is what I want. It's got to be this. And if it's not perfect, it doesn't happen. And that that was the wrong approach because I could do something that worked even if it was different. And as soon as I got that into my head, everything changed. Awesome. And it's like many times, don't you think like many people just get in their own way? They make mm -hmm. so many excuses of why they can't instead of how can I? It's just exactly a mindset and changing your vocabulary. And it's part of a program that's been passed on for generations. Mm -hmm. And as a bigger thing, I think you were on the right track talking about how the pandemic got us to take a pause and look at what we're doing. And there were there have been so many things that we thought were baked into the very foundation of our world. And that's not the case. People, you know, think that, you know, we have to work a certain way. We have to live a certain way, communicate a certain way, shop a certain way. And so little of that actually mattered. I, I realized this when I went to do the most mundane thing of buying a car. I suddenly found myself needing a car because I got into a wreck. And I hate the experience of buying a car. I do. 
because it's designed to waste your time. You go onto a dealership or even just a face-to-face -face transaction, it always takes a ridiculous amount of time because they figure the longer you're there, the more they can get you to spend. You could Isn't not that just... A mindset, though? What's that? Isn't that a mindset, a program? Yes, it is. It's exactly a program. And I noticed it. You know, you could never, before the pandemic, get somebody to just sell you a car. Well, I found silently need one, called the dealership, found something I liked. And I said, you know, if it doesn't fall apart when I drive it, I'll take it. Guy drove it to my house. Half hour later, I signed the paper. We were done because we changed our mindset, because we broke the conditioning that this was the way we did things. And that I, I'm glad it happened because, you know, like I said, I hate buying a car. But there's so many other ways we've done that, too, where we've broken the idea of this is how we have to do things. And I hope that keeps going long after the pandemic ends. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, oh, you know, I used to like when the pandemic hit, I lost my job. But I, I started this podcast back in October. And then I had to adjust. I've learned mm -hmm. to, okay, like you said, things happen for a reason. Just be open and flexible and adapt to changes. And I think we're so programmed that, oh, change. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, how can you let something new come into your life if you're stuck with the old? Right. You know, how can you get new clothes in your closet if you don't get rid of the old ones that you've had there for six months to over a year that you're never wearing again? Apparently, you I haven't seen my closet. Again, why keep it? <laughs> it's the same with our programming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just like, so I, um, then I started Instacarting because I asked myself, I'm like, okay, I got bills to pay, but I love, it's all in us to help, you know, especially when there's a crisis of some sort. And I find that odd. I'm like, why can't we do that every day? Why do we have to wait for a crisis to happen to unite together and help each other? Why not do it every day? Mm -hmm. You know, so... I did that as, okay, how can I help others pay my bills and continue my podcast? And then boom, Instacart showed up. I was like, oh, I have flexibility. I can still pay my bills and be a service while I'm waiting for other things to line up. Because sometimes when things do happen and it doesn't quite work out, doesn't mean that we failed. Maybe it wasn't divine timing. We rushed ahead and not pay attention to all the signs of, okay, now take that next step to that goal or that next action that you need to take. And I feel like you paid attention to yourself and asked about yourself, then boom, it showed up. It's just synchronization. 100%, 100%. And that's just one example that's, that's easy to pick out here. Just looking at, man, where do I want to be? Where am I going? And, you know, again, I found that one of the best things about what I was doing were the people I'd met along the way over the past 10, 20 years and, you know, suddenly not able to travel and, you know, people being extra busy. It was very, the connections I'd lost, I suddenly had to find new ways to, to, uh, to make those connections again. And then, you know, if you let yourself be open to it, the universe will provide. Oh yeah. And trust in the unknown, mm -hmm. you know, don't, I think we, 
sometimes focus on, well, how are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? Well, if you thought that this is what I want to do, you know, this is what I'm not what I want to do, but you know what? I'd like to experience what it would be like or this experience to do this. And then how would it feel? What it, would it look like? Oh, and then once you get that feeling and you can see it, then say, okay, yes, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. And then just surrender it to the universe and say, okay, just stay in the now and let it come into the pieces come, the universe providing. It's frustrating enough. It's frustrating enough to get locked into a mindset of how you do things with, you know, establishments that have been in place for decades or even centuries, you know, the banks and, uh, you know, stores and jobs. And, but when people get locked into a mindset of things that haven't even been around for a couple of years at this point, when they look at things like streaming and podcasting and online communities, which are very new concepts, they're, we can make them whatever we want. We should not let ourselves get locked into the saying how we do things people come up to me and say well how what kind of microphone do i need or when should i do this or what schedule should i be on dude nobody's making the rules for you do make your own rules yes that's that's the idea this is empowerment yes this this is not rules this is you doing what you want and seeing if the entire world can follow you or if not the entire world just a couple dozen a couple hundred people who are what you're about that makes all the difference because that's that's what I started seeing was that there were a few people who were what I was about and vice versa. And wow. it didn't matter that there's only 10 or 20 or even maybe 100. They were there. And we found the tools to connect ourselves. Wow. So let me ask you something. Where did you come up with the name for your podcast? It was... A, I just started asking myself what I wanted to talk about and why. And I, I picked the hungry part because I thought that people were hungry for content of substance. And, you know, we were used to memes and clickbait and, and BuzzFeed articles that just give you fluff. And there's so, so much out there that you can download or watch on TV that is absolutely just meant to be noise in your ears where you go about your day. It is not content of substance. And that's, they don't, there's the thought that, that's not wanted. I think it is. I think it's definitely wanted. And so there are people out there who are hungry for it. Plus, you know, hungry because you know, I, li- I do like to eat. Not, not going to lie. You mean both? Yeah. Trilobite because it's a cute fun critter. And I like cute critters. I just, it's my dog. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm not the youngest guy out there. I just turned 40, which is not super old, but, you know, there's some gray on the temples here. And I'm talking to people who don't remember life before Twitter. So I start to say, okay, I, I'm going to call myself a fossil just because I have that perspective of I, I know how where things have come from. I'm not the oldest guy out there again, but, you know, perspective is everything. And I want to talk to people who are both older than me and younger than me. And then I decided to just try and change Byte to B-Y-T-E because it's a technology reference. And that's how I see a lot of these things. You you are very unique, Aaron, and you are 
very spiritually gifted. You see things that others don't see. And I so relate to that. Thank but you. it is a gift that you have. And embrace it more. I'm trying. It, it is. It's an amazing journey. And other like spiritual things that po most people don't recognize, you're going to like, boom. Like you're mastering it. You're recognizing well, it and it's helped it, it, it's it's helped you along the way with everything you've been through and what you experienced. All it was was an experience to help you get to where you are now. You understand mm -hmm. a lot more. You have knowledge, wisdom, and you know better now. Yeah, and it, it wasn't easy getting here. And again, I'm not where I want to be, but you know, it, it just became a matter of putting one foot in front of the other. Right. And you know, what is it that, you know, where you've traveled too. Mm -hmm. So where are the places that you traveled to? Well, I have not yet managed to put myself on another continent and that has gone as far as I can without saying I've done that, but getting to, you know, Hawaii and the Caribbean and Canada and all over the U S sometimes, you know, on, you know, cruises, sometimes by flying, sometimes just driving and hoping for the best on a road trip. It's it's something that's that's come up quite a bit. And I've made it a part of my my show and my my journey is that you know when you're doing these things, you get to explore the worlds of fiction while you explore the actual world that's underneath you. The, the actual world has these amazing sites and concepts and cultures that you can experience all the while you know reading stories and that talk about ideas in your mind you can experience and change and the two should work together when you when you read story you know reading greek mythology and looking at the the way they're talking about the way the mediterranean was made and you can actually see these things i i, I fantasize about actually getting to see that for myself and putting the stories with the actual soil that that made it the same with egyptians the same with anything i could come up with and I baked it into, I try to, when I go somewhere, I try to share that with my Twitter followers as to what I'm doing and why. And if I see something that, that reflects what I'm, I'm thinking about right then. Uh, for example, I just on the interstate, not too long ago, I pulled over and there was a sign pointing to the local spaceport. Now for anybody who doesn't know, I live in Oklahoma. You don't necessarily think of space travel when you think of a middle America state, but there actually is a place that you could go if you wanted to try and get off planet. Now, granted, it's kind of hard to use it, but it's there. And I just thought this is so cool. I mean, this is, I'm just going to pull off here where I could be going to a gas station and I could just leave the planet. I just thought that was really cool. <laughs> well, I like that you're a visionary too. Mm -hmm. So that's fascinating. And yeah, I've read you know, and seeing documentary documentaries, yeah, documentaries of, you know, like you say, Greece and, you know, the, um, with Zeus and all of them, those Greek gods, you know, someone's like, oh, it's just a myth. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that, that shit happened. <laughs> they don't want you to, you know, that all changed when religion got in, in involved, but those were real people. You know, that those were people that wrote things about what they witnessed, what they experienced with these so-called gods. 
you know, and then the Egyptians, and then there's, you know, Ireland, and then Scotland, and then there's Russia, then there's Peru, and all these places. I've never been out of the, this continent either, but I always wondered, you know, I see the documentaries, I see things, pictures and posts, and I'm like, wow, you know, that would be so cool if I could go and see it for myself and really experience it, what it's like there. Now, granted, you've been in, in all parts of the U.S. and Canada and whatnot, but what did you discover and see in all those places and, you know, the the mindsets of others and the, the culture and the history of the places that you've been to? I think uh, one of my favorite part experiences, uh, it actually happened not too long after I I moved to Oklahoma. I just decided to, long story short, I decided to just take one first road trips into Texas. You know, again, I just moved across the country. I was barely unpacking from setting up my first apartment. I get an invite to go down to see a show at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, which was about, I'm going to say, a six-hour drive. And, you know, at the time... Driving six hours just to see a movie was a silly idea for me. But it's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to have a great time. And that was the first time I spent any great amount of time in Texas. And I just seeing a neighboring state, looking at the scenery, looking at this amazing movie theater that had this awesome concept where they are talking about showing uh classic movies and having sing-alongs and there was a community and this stuff might seem a little more common today, but this was almost 15 years ago to me at this point. Oh, wow. And I realized, yeah. And I realized this, this, this has to be an idea is that you can, and then, you know, I've always been the kind of person that I will pull over to see the little tourist traps, the world's biggest frying pan, you know, the, the best pie in the world. Like I am the kind of person who wants to do that. So when I realized Okay, now wait a minute. Now there's this barbecue joint. I have to try out. And oh my lord, there's a museum here about. And I'd like, and that's how I plan trips. And and how I've started doing it ever since then. It's like okay, I have my goal is to go do this, but I this is what I can eat, and this is who I can meet, and these are the sights I can see. And I have found all sorts of things. Like a, not too long after that, ended up taking a quick trip to Las Vegas. And went to a classic gaming convention where I start to see historical artifacts from video games from 30 years ago, which nobody goes to Vegas to see that. I did. And why not? Wow. Because it was there. I love history. I, I went to Vegas and I went, I stayed at the, oh my gosh, the grand, um, oh my God, it has the lion on it. And I just might had a brain fart. Uh, something grand hotel. They had the Circus Soleil or something like that. Performing. Oh, oh, um. oh my God! It's uh, uh oh shit. Grand, yeah. Um, the MGM Grand. MGM, yeah. There you go. Duh. Okay. <laughs> but I also went to um. It starts with the uh, one of the oldest i guess hotels that were still operating i don't know if it mm -hmm. still is now because this is like way back um but they had the history of 
you know, Marilyn Monroe, and then, you know, Dean Martin, Sam uh, Harris, and Frank Sinatra, and the Sands. You know, and Elvis Presley, they had these pictures and they had these artifacts of, of them. And I'm like, and I felt like being intuitive, I could feel energy and, and spirits. And I'm like, okay, there's like so, so many of you. I don't know who's who or who, you know, which one is which. Mm -hmm. But I was like, wow, you know, I was actually there. You know, and it and it was like in my mind's eye, I was replaying certain things that I remember seeing when they were at that hotel and and what it was like back then. And is that like the same kind of thing that you experience when you go to these places? I love to have that kind of feeling. Know that knowing that I am standing at the same place as a certain general before they were in a battle or you know, sitting at the same bar as a certain musician before they went on stage. And that's the thing about history is it doesn't have to be about one thing. Some people say they don't like, like history. How can you not? Because if you like something, you like history. It's just a matter. You probably like the history of that thing. And that's okay. You can like the history of football. You can like the history of cocktails. You can like the history of your hometown. That's okay. Just start in soaking up the knowledge because once you do you'll make connections to the way things have been and and the way things could be going that you never saw before or how to make it better because mm -hmm. history leaves clues it is part of our past of things that didn't work out because you know back then they didn't know better they didn't know what that we know now mm -hmm. if they would have known what we know now they probably wouldn't have made that decision no so it's, but it, that's life though, just to have an experience and then get better, be better, do better. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree because I, I made the reference before about standing in a, a, a field where a general, so like I, I am actually very familiar with the battlefield where General Custer used to keep his campground. Definitely somebody who made some bad decisions, both in his time and in the grand, the grand scheme of things. And at the same time, you know, I can go drive a couple more hours and I can find the admittedly fictional birthplace of Captain Kirk. Now, oh. it's not that I'm saying the two equate to each other, but I am saying, you know, we can look at these things and we can say, okay. We can say this is going to be this. People came together and they said, we want to commemorate the idea of this person. This person doesn't actually exist. We want to make a monument to what we want out of this. Isn't that. A, I'm not going to say it redeems some of the mistakes people have made in the past, but it shows we're capable of growth. It shows yeah. we're capable of saying we're going to commit ourselves to, like you say, doing better. And, and that's what th this is all about for me is to saying we're going to find a goal and we might not know how we're going to get there, but we can start to come up with ideas and we might go through iterations of ideas. We might have an original idea and then a next generation of that idea. And, okay. Pardon the pun there, but I, I, that was on purpose. And we're just going to keep working at it. And, and knowing where we came from is important. You mentioned about Captain Kurt, and he just went, you know, Tom um, Shatner, he went 
to space and came back and he was just so I cried watching that and mm -hmm. having that experience you know playing Captain Kirk but I knew um I talked to um Laura Banks who was mm -hmm. on another part of Star Trek with the Wrath of Khan and you know she shared something that was like very profound and I was like wow I never really like I watched Star Trek you know and and then the Wrath of Khan and even with Captain Kirk you know there was um you know there was a black there was an Asian there was even a Scotland all divert like diverse variety of human beings on this TV show and I was like wow they're uniting they're working together and I was like and they're going places <laughs> supposedly you know and they're meeting other be beings and you know come on Captain Kirk was kissing all kind of aliens so mm -hmm. it was I don't want to say alien extraterrestrial but it's like wow what if that's actually possible that we all can do that that's and, right there yeah. it's it's not just that you recognize it but that you said just what if that's actually possible you just made the step to the next the next a little bit closer to the goal than you were a couple minutes ago when you said what if that's actually possible and what i always love to point out as soon as they look at the diversity i said yeah they were diverse in appearance but more importantly, they were diverse in thought because they didn't all think the same. They don't have the same beliefs. They came from different backgrounds, but they looked at what they wanted to accomplish. And they, they said, we can pool our resources. We can make this work. And they didn't end up being they, they, those differences remained. They didn't they weren't erased, but they were respected. And now it's like, you know what? It, it's just you know, more of the programming that keeps us separated. And to me, it's just nonsense. We're all connected. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Uh, and the, when we stop realizing that is when the problems really start. Yeah. It, uh, what about me, 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 me? No, it's what about we, we, what can we do to work together we're always focusing on the problem, but we're never focusing on the solution. Mm -hmm. Or even worse, we're convinced that somebody else is the problem. That we don't have a problem with the system. We have a problem with this group of people. And that's, <laughs> we just always keep picking a different group of people. That's the problem. As soon as mm -hmm. one group finally stands up for themselves, we're just going to find a different group. <laughs> that's and that's how the game keeps. Yeah. It's like once you get to the root, yeah, there's a lot of systems that, Okay, perfect example. The Constitution that was written in 1776. That is outdated. Hello. It was written for those times. They didn't really think about the future generations, you know, a hundred years later. And they were putting what was going on in that moment, in that time, into writing. You know, and that's part of a system that's actually outdated and, and broken. And there's a lot of other systems that are there. What can the people that are in office, you know, and, you know, get together and say, okay, this is really outdated. This is like from the 19, early 1900s. We need to do something 
to better humanity. For it to be an all-all win for everybody. And it, it just shifts things. It changes things for the better. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. And there was a very famous quote. I'm blanking on who said it. But you said you can't expect somebody to wear the same clothes in their 20s they wore when they were eight. And that was directly talking about the Constitution. Is that It's not that it was bad. It's just that it was not meant to be the end. That's why we have amendments. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, and that's just the historical background of how it came to be is that it was never written to be the, the final word. And I think that it, there are so many other things that aren't even as old as the constitution, which is itself not super old in the grand scheme of things. You know, we, we have the, these uh, ideas that you have to, um, that you're, <clears throat> excuse me, about, you know, how you, have to structure your career, how you have to structure your neighborhoods, how you have to structure, you know, how you interact on, you know, with your neighbors. And it's like, that's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be written in stone. And, yeah. and that's what I don't understand. It's like, if we can do something better, why don't we? Let's not wait for something. Let's not wait for a pandemic to happen. Let's not wait for a natural disaster or and that's because that's the thing we always want to change when something really bad happens we're willing to wiggle then but we why do we have to wait for that how many changes have come about because we got involved in wars a ton and a lot of them were good but why do we have to get to that point yeah it's unnecessary it's history repeating itself emotional mm -hmm. energetic traumas you know and you know between war religion and even government if you go back in history and I, what I found fascinating when I first started my podcast, I found these um, Ambarami Code of Laws. There's mm -hmm. close to 300, but 200, I, I believe 282 was able to be uh, translated. And when I started looking into it, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a connection. But who was reigning prior to him and what laws were? So I even went back further and there was two, three other ones that reigned before Imbarambi came in. And they were considered lords or kings. And I find it fascinating, like how did they know about wages back then or even property taxes back in those times? They were going 95,000 years. Mm -hmm. How did they know how to, you know? Oh, and there was physicians back then that got paid. But with Amber Romby, he categorized the three groups. You know, the property owner, the commoner, that was the employee, and then there were slaves. Women had no voice, no right to anything. It was like a, a male-dominant kind of time period. And, it's, it's a, and I look, I'm like, oh, this explains a lot why women were treated the way they were. You know, and ha but I was fascinated. I'm like, how, how did they come up with that idea about the wages, the property taxes, the physicians' wages, and all this, the agriculture stuff? You know, for fishermen and the mar uh, they call it maritime, um, mm -hmm. and all this. I'm like, they didn't think about this on themselves. It's 
somebody had to help them. It was even further back. It's my it's mind-boggling and fascinating. I was like, oh, so this explains a lot <laughs> about our history, mm -hmm. but it's not talked about. No. And I think if we could go back just to say, okay, how can we stop having history repeat itself and these emotional energetic traumas that keep coming? It's like with the pandemic, if you look at it, and I do believe Laura Banks, she mentioned it. She goes, if you, that when the corona, uh, coronavirus kicked in, it happened at the same time of the planets when the Spanish influenza uh, flu happened. That's fascinating. That yes. I was like, what? So the stars and everything were in line when the Spanish influenza happened. It's the same thing when the coronavirus happened. So that tells me history does repeat itself. If we didn't figure it out the, the first time and there was other pandemics and plagues prior to that if you look at the time periods every what hundred years it was going on i'm like okay so what did we not learn what what's the the connection to this how can we avoid having these kind of things happen these are the questions i ask mm -hmm. and if we you, were to be able to avoid this what would the gain be? I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm actually wondering if we suddenly didn't have to worry about this, how much more could we gain from our lives? Like oh we God. have peace, love, harmony. Uh huh. Uh huh. Everybody getting along. Like we're just now oh. in a, like people talk about not having disease, for example, and that that's definitely seems far fetched. I'm not. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, we're just now, after thousands of years, getting to a point where we can say we might be getting past the point where scarcity is an issue. We might be in a situation where it's economical to just give everybody everything they need, and you don't have to worry about that. And and that, what does that mean? What what could that? We never had to think about that before. We're a species that spent ten thousand plus years never being sure we'd have enough food. Tomorrow, that could stop being an issue. You, you can't change that kind of thought process overnight, but what, where's it going to lead when you do? Well, because of the, some systems that were in place and a mindset and a program, you know, it's, I was talking to somebody the other day and, you know, they were talking about, yeah, you know, the government, everybody, you know, the government's going to rescue us, the government. And it's like, no. The government's not going to rescue me. I'm not going to be dependent on the government. If I'm going to do anything, it's up to me. And yes, do my research and choose the ones that are on the same page as me for a better humanity, for the better of the planet. You know, and, you know, with what's going on with this division, even in, in the politics, I'm like, you know what? Every politician is going to start getting along. Every politician is going to start working together. Every politician is going to provide a way where it's a win-win for all mankind and this planet. 
that I live on. I'm putting and speaking and feeling the experience and what I want to see come to pass. And that's something that if you talk to a lot of people, they say, you're dreaming, you're naive. There's no way that could happen. And maybe today they're right. But the fact that you can imagine it, when what you just said might be as unbelievable as traveling faster than the speed of light or teleporting or, or flying unaided, I mean, that's, you just had an idea and that is all it takes. Because it's a better solution to think this way than what's been playing on over and over and over between the division and the arguing and the fighting between the politicians. I'm like, okay, that we're just focusing on the problem between those two not getting along. So why mm -hmm. not speak into existence of what it would be like for them all getting along and working together? And solving the problem to where it's a win-win, creating the solution of a win-win for all. And why is it a radical idea if actually solving the problem is even talked about instead of just saying the problem exists and, and this person is going to blame this person and that person is going to blame this person. Instead of saying we're going to stop the blame, we're just going to solve the problem. Why is that radical? I, it's a program. It's been taught for centuries. For centuries. And, and, and to be fair to us, you know, when you're stuck in this life that you 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 go to work and you go to school and you take care of you that you scrub the floors and you do the stuff that you got to do. I'm not saying you don't got to do it because you know the floors have to get clean and the trash has to get taken out. But when you're in that world, you don't have the time to sit and think, man, how could we solve all the problems? How could we how could we make the world better? There's so much energy you have to dedicate to that. And then suddenly something comes along and you say, OK, but I'm getting the chance to do some imagining. I'm getting the chance to do some planning, to, to do some dreaming. It's not wasted. No, but see, when you when you can tap into that imagination you're actually tapping into a divine greater intelligence a source and the energy that is already in you you know and i balance my time of what how much news i watch i try not to to see it because it's programming your eyes are like a camera lens recording everything so what are you putting into this up here? More programming? It's going to take a lot more work to unprogram and rewire the brain of all that stuff that is deep down in your subconscious. Good point. You know, so I limit. I like to read. I'll read some news updates, and every now and then I'll see what's, you know, like I enjoyed watching Shatner you know, go to the space and come back and, and share his experience. You know, that to me is positive. And if you're going to, to seek out the news and, and know what's going on, I mean, it's so difficult to know what can be trusted. I mean, that part of the, the argument we always have is what, what do we know is real and not? And what is truth and what is not? Right. Okay. 
so here's a suggestion. I'm listening. I do this. It's the truths inside us. Now, when I hear and see truth, I feel it. So my question is, well, why not you? Why can't you? Why can't the rest of us also discern that? Feel the truth. So you're saying you you look at at what's presented and you you go on feeling as to which is accurate. Yeah, I ask the question. Okay. And I question everything. And then when something doesn't like if I'm not feeling anything, I'll be like, mm, interesting. And then I will ask a question to lead me to the truth. That's where discernment comes in. But we think that the media you know, not all media is honest. Not all media is, you know, honest. They're there. Their job is to tell a story. I went to school for Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and I mm -hmm. had to be a reporter. That was part of my homework assignment. And mm -hmm. I had to create this story of what was going on and how to create a story to present it to the audience. So I learned some valuable information of how the news is done. And then they mm -hmm. give you the visual of little clips, only pieces. Now I look at it. Okay, I'm getting pieces of information, not necessarily the whole truth, but it's me, my responsibility to seek out the truth based on what's being said or what I'm seeing. So now I just become a, an observer, a researcher, and an investigator into the truth. And the tool that you and I have now as podcasters is one of the best uses of the internet that's ever been. Because this gives you the ability as a person, as an individual, as a certain soul, to get your word out from your perspective to anybody who wants it. And that's amazing. You're not a corporation. You're not a brand. You are a person who can have an opinion, right or wrong. That's okay. But you can just get it out there and people can have that talk. And you could be giving somebody on the other side of the planet your perspective on anything. And that has value. That's so new to us. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's too funny. I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. And I left a description for you to reach out. If you're into that fan media, sci-fi, and you want to connect to Aaron, go ahead. There's a link to connect with him and enjoy. Have fun. I was just... <laughs> I beg your pardon again. That's okay. I was just sharing with the audience of how they can connect with you. I put a link, your link tree. Uh, Thank you. That has all your information for those sci-fi, you know, fans and fan media. Uh, the community that is wants to connect and expand to connect with you in that aspect. Go right ahead and enjoy and have fun.
and just be the best version of you. And, you know, when you can connect to something that is joyful, happy, pleasing, pleasurable, you know, that's a, an expression of love. And then you can share it because it expands. It doesn't constrict. There's no limit. There's no restrictions. There's no rules. Exactly. When, when we can all be the best version of ourselves, we can be authentic. And we can start living our best lives now. Mm -hmm. And if I do appreciate you putting those links out there. Anybody who's listening to this is obviously an open-minded person who wants to consider different ideas. I would love to hear about your journey. So if you decide to give me a listen, I would be honored and I would like to have your feedback. So any emails or tweets you want to send my way, I totally welcome them. And I thank you so oh, much. Ah, I was going to, I wanted to put something up for everybody. And let's see. <laughs> oh, I want to put, um, if they can, if can they email you as well? Absolutely. You can email me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. Tweet me at Aaron Bossig. Bossig Podcast at Yahoo. That would be easier if I could just put that up for everybody. And there you there go. There you go. <laughs> The emails down below too. You know what? I really enjoyed this conversation with you. I did as well. This has been you. great. Thank you. Thank you so sharing. much for having me. Gladly oh, I did. <laughs> so, well, this is what I like talking about. Just like a natural flow, nothing scripted, just going with it, you know. And I hope this has helped, you know, the audience listening. I hope this helped you, Aaron. And hey. If you want some coaching advice, you got my number, buddy. I will keep that in mind. Absolutely. And I will keep in touch with you as well. Definitely. I love it. I love meeting new friends. <laughs> Consider me a friend, please. <laughs> I do. Thank you again. Anytime. It, it's a pleasure to, to meet you finally. Likewise. Well, there you go. Sci-fi and so much more with Aaron. You got to go check out his podcast and just check out everything that he has to, to share with you on his link that I provided below. And you never know who I'm going to get on my show. Got to stay tuned with Wake Up With KC. Stay tuned for the next episode. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>